Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Empire of the Suns podcast, live from Footprint Center after a Phoenix Suns game two loss to the New Orleans Pelicans in the first round. Plenty to talk about here. I am Kellen Olson, as always, joined by Kevin Zimmerman. That was something, huh? Okay, where do you want to start? Because you know how annoyed I get when the takeaway from something is not the takeaway it should be, and everyone is so... I'm going to try and phrase this the best I can, but I'm not meaning to be um, aggressive towards anyone. (laughs) I completely understand as a fan of this team, if you are incredibly worried about Devin Booker's health and all of that, with that in mind, that was not the story of tonight to me. The story of tonight was the clear, clear lack of mental focus from the Suns and in a playoff game. Uh, Where do you want to start? We can start with Booker if you want, but I'm just giving you my my two cents. No, um... We'll just, again, say Devin Booker, hamstring issue, pulled up. Right hamstring tightness is what it was Different being called. Different hamstring than his last hamstring. Left hamstring in the regular season. Uh, Jackson Hayes had the 95th leak out of the game for the Pelicans. Went up for a dunk, and Devin Booker went to contest it, as you should at that point of the game, with how terribly things were going for their transition defense. And he didn't even come up limp or come up like hobbling or anything. He just immediately looked at Chris Paul and said, "We need a timeout." Like there, there goes there goes the hammy again or whatever, whatever feeling he had in his hamstring that he is familiar with. I remember the left hamstring was the same exact thing. He did grab at it for a half second, but then he immediately told the bench, "Like yeah, sub hamstring thing again." Uh, that was at the end of the third quarter. At that point in the game. Uh, the Suns were up five at halftime after he scored 31 points in the first half. He was sensational. But do you remember, Kevin, how my takeaway to transition out of this, because I want to, <laughs> yeah. to, yeah. to go back to what I talked about in game one, my main takeaway was that Chris Paul was the man, and he single-handedly had a five, six-minute stretch that got the Suns the win. He did not single-handedly win the Suns the game, though, because of the way that the Suns played in the first half, specifically defensively. The Suns put themselves in a position to be carried when they were up 5-8, whatever it was, right? This was the opposite. Devin Booker did absolutely everything in the first half just to keep them in the game, let alone up by 5. They could have easily been down by 5-10, however you want to call it. And I know we'll get into the Pelican shooting numbers and all that kind of stuff, but it is... The beauty of Monty Williams' system to me, Kevin, is that it is extremely obvious with something we've talked about with Landry Shamit when guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing on both ends, but particularly offensively. Do you remember Cam Johnson's three in game one, the one that he made, where the defender was pretty much in his face, he was backing up, and he shot it anyway? Yeah. That's this system. Shoot the ball when you have any sort of opening, and, and you're supposed to get the ball, catch it in rhythm, shoot it, or make a decision right away. That's point five. That's all of that. To me, and I know it might not have been obvious for other people, but for me, where I feel like I have a really good eye for when they're supposed to do point five stuff, there was just a little bit of hesitation, hesitation and yeah. just a little bit of 
again, semi-open shots. Cam Johnson wasn't even open on the three I'm talking about, but he should shoot that because he's Cam freaking Johnson. And there was just little moments here and there because the Jay Crowder thing, which we'll get to, yeah. was brought up. And it's like, well, Jay's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. Jackson Hayes is the pigeon. He's the target. Jackson Hayes is guarding Jay Crowder. He needs to be aggressive. He stayed aggressive. Other guys were just hesitating here and there just a little bit offensively. And that was enough to just not allow them to get their rhythm back but then I mean the leak outs and then Monty with a state of almost disbelief in his voice said like it was know your personnel like force this guy to drive get a hand up on Alvarado when he shoots a three I know like the guy's not a he didn't say this he's part he's not a good three point he's shooter, not a good three point shooter but get a hand up get on a him. hand up that's just clear and he said we have to respect him that's a clear lack of disrespect for your opponent and this is my opinion on what happened just my opinion. I think that the way the first half went in game one was the worst thing that could have happened to them in this series because they got so confident that they were such a better team. They're the favorites for the NBA title, blah, blah, blah. It got to their heads a little bit. I really think it did because the way that we've seen this team operate with such laser focus all year, I can count on one hand how many times I've seen them put up a stinker. And both, and every other team needs two hands, Kev. Yep. Visual representation, I'm actually holding up my hands right now to display <laughs> ten the ten fingers. fingers that I have. <laughs> the Suns had four, maybe five of those games all year. This is number six. It was, it was bizarre. We will get to how great the Pelicans played, but I was... I tweeted this. I was not envisioning a loss for them in this series that was going to surprise me. This was not surprising the way that they won, the Pelicans did, with expert shot making, a lot of threes, whatever. But the way the Suns played, that surprised the heck out of me. I was very, very shocked. I'm going to say we finished last podcast being like, is this like the Nugget series from last year where just like, nah, this team's fine? And I was like, I don't think so, because there were just too many things that New Orleans did do well in the first game, I think, especially in the second half when they kind of cooled off like or settled down. Um to me, I was going to push send before Book got hurt, and I was going to say, like, how Monty was using the rotation scared me combined with the fact that, like you said, Chris had to carry them in a different situation, but he still had to carry them to win. Book had to carry them to be even-ish um, in the first half. That's not how this team operates. That's not sustainable. That's not going to take them the long ways. Yes, Book is going to need big games. Um, Chris is going to need big games to get deep in the playoffs. But when you're a 1-8 matchup and you go into the postseason as a supposedly deep team and you're riding guys for 40 minutes already and then your star gets hurt, um, that's not good and that's not sustainable. And, I, I mean... Everything you said, yes, but this is like a... I think the book thing is even if we assume, okay, book's out for several games, uh, it's a lot of concerning stuff um, moving forward. I'll get I'll get real hot takey here. Yeah. I'm on first take with Stephen A. Smith. It's my chance in the spotlight, Kevin. I'm not going to blow it. Mm-hmm. If the Suns lose in the first round or the second round without Devin Booker, they were never going to win the championship. They were never going to. I really believe that even if they get Utah or Dallas, I yeah. believe that without Devin Booker, they should beat both of those teams. They that, should that is, beat this team, yeah. So. They should absolutely beat this team. They should not lose. They can lose one more game, sure. If it takes yeah. six, fine. But if they get take to seven with the Pelicans, like that's ridiculous, even without their guys. And look, Pelicans played great. We'll get into it. A lot of what they did tonight, the, to your concerning point, was sustainable. The way that they were generating corner threes, they shot 16 of 20 at the rim after shooting 16 of 33 <laughs> in the first game. 
Um, they did not really um, rely on offensive rebounding to score in this game. And what I wrote about was Willie Green told us pregame that he was talking to his team about trusting each other, and it's to what you were saying. Jackson Hayes took a corner three in on the third or fourth possession yeah. of the game. He wanted his guys to trust each other and wanted them to believe in themselves. And the way that Larry Nance Jr. was hitting 18-footers, <laughs> I know 17 of 30 from the 27th-ranked team in three-point percentage is not sustainable necessarily, but all of those guys, I'm, I know I'm being corny here, like Alvarado believed that shot was going in in the corner, one of the daggers. Like all of those guys had this level of confidence to them that Willie Green just got out of them. It was, I think, really in terms of me covering a single game and looking at how a coaching performance won a game, that that's the biggest example that I've ever seen in a basketball game before and covering them for six or seven years so far. Because the confidence that those guys were playing with, I mean, you saw Herb Jones in the corner, like... There was no, when the ball is swinging to Herb Jones and he knows he's going to get it and he knows he's open, he's sitting there like, the ball's coming, I'm going to shoot, the ball's coming, I'm going to shoot. There's no hesitation of, like, is the guy going to come over there? Like, rookies in their second career playoff game were just balling. Yes, Trey Murphy is going to have a four-on-two and pull up on the right wing. (laughs) Yes, the Larry Nance, like, face-up ambition is going to show. But he got their guys to really believe, and it was incredibly impressive and for me because this is a young team with not a lot of playoff experience, and he made it happen. And I think you were saying yourself, the Suns started to pick off a couple of those passes into the corners. They started to tighten things up a little bit defensively. But to me, Kevin, when I've seen these kinds of halves from the Suns before, it's evident right away in the second half if they've locked in or not. And again, 99 times out of 100 this year, they have locked in. It was four minutes in, and I was like, they haven't locked in. This is going to be tough. Chris is going to have to need to play better. And Chris did not play better, and then Book got hurt, and that was the end of the game. I don't even know where to go from here. I mean, do you... What do you think of the job they did on Ingram? So you had 37. I think he hit a lot of tough shots. I'll have to go back and watch it. I did a not... lot of them were elbow on the baseline, like where it's just one on one. Like he had the corner three late, which was like why is yeah. Brandon Ingram open? That yeah. was tough. I don't know. I think that a lot of his work was tough, and that's why if you're the Suns, you should be concerned because when we talk about a team being confident, I don't know if you watched like the playing games, everyone, but dude could have like a Devin Booker type first like he has that talent I'm not saying he's Devin Booker he could average 30 a game in this series yes yes um like Jay had a nice run at him in game one but he's not a guy who's gonna just put up clunkers like I I don't know what his narrative air quotes is but that that's a concern um like yeah CJ and him you gotta just limit them but that really did open everything else up and I don't even know if he needed that 37 really um, for that kind of floodgate situation to open for all the other guys yeah Chris was picking on the pigeon Jackson Hayes he was still the target I tweeted same starters as Pelicans and then a, a pigeon gif because yeah. I couldn't believe Jackson Hayes was still but, starting. But he yeah. played much better tonight. And again, Willie Green just believed in his players. The same way, I'm sorry, Suns fans, the same way Monty Williams is going to believe in Jay Crowder. He's not just going to bench him for the rest of the game for Cam Johnson. It's just not going to happen because he believes in his guys and he knows how much it matters when they when he believes in them. That's why Willie Green started Jackson Hayes again. And look, 
Jackson Hayes was great, and the guy that was getting the runouts more than anyone was him because Chris was getting Jackson Hayes switched onto him, wasn't making shots, and Jackson Hayes was running, and it's a seven-foot guy with a six-foot point guard on him. There's no way to really That's... defend that except the other guys in the weak side corner coming back, and no one was doing it. There's just got to be awareness that they're starting to leak out. You know, you want to know what Monty talked about at that timeout, four minutes into the third quarter? They're leaking out, guys. We need to get back. If you're not going to crash the glass, I need you to run back and transition. You remember all those clips we would run through last year where look at Langston Galloway sprinting from corner to corner, look at Javon Carter sprinting. This team does that all the time. Cam Johnson does that all the time. Those are like the three guys that come to mind for me. One of books, my favorite play of, of this season was Booker's defense on oh, Luke yeah. Kennard in the corner, and Leopard then he game. sprinted full court. They do that stuff all the time. It is not ridiculous to expect them to do it, especially in a playoff game. And that goes back to my overall point of the standard we hold this team to is deserved, and they failed to meet it tonight in a really shocking way. Uh, Chris did not play well. Jay did not play well, obviously. DeAndre had his moments here and there, but I... In terms of yeah. not playing well, but he was he was okay. Mikel you, was the only guy that was on the second side. Campaign Cam Johnson, Tory Craig. I'm gonna get blasted for this. Mm-hmm. Is Monty getting out coached? Because yeah. yeah, yeah, two games in, yeah. Oh, because yeah. the Suns, the look, they shot 50. percent Their offense did not look crisp. Um, that they talked about missing shots. Even Jay's shots that, like, are good shots, they're still, like, in a funky rhythm when he catches it. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's not his fault because he's open. But the the rhythm just wasn't there, and I don't know what New Orleans did to them. I'd have to, like, rewatch it a bunch. Yeah, we have to. But they just – they were not in it. They shut down the paint compared to what DeAndre was feasting on in game one. And, like – to go back to Willie Green, Jackson Hayes thing, like it's not just confidence; it's that the coach's tweak was doing the opposite of what you thought they might do. And not only does that keep that guy confident, but he—I wrote—he weaponized the guy who was the the problem. He weaponized that guy and made him a problem, even if Jackson Hayes still might, you know, be a defensive liability or whatever. On you know, so I think that's a, a really good place to go and thing to emphasize is like they made a couple tweaks that the Suns probably did not predict and yeah nine points in like three boards for Jackson Hayes but he was talked about by like every single person on the Sun side too I I just looked through the clean the glass numbers in terms of where the shots were the Sun shot six of 19 from the short mid-range that is where they are historically awesome and what that tells me, I'll have to go back and watch the shots, but I think what that tells me at least was that they were not getting the shots there that they normally got. They were rushed. They were hunting for something specific. They weren't exactly looking for it, and they just had to take what was available, and it wasn't in comfort for them. It wasn't comfortable for them when they were taking those shots. Something that you pointed out to me when we were waiting on Monty in the room was no one on all, that came off the bench looked reliable in this game. Yeah. Not one guy. That is that that again. In, in terms of like inexcusable stuff, can't happen. Everything we've learned from the regular season, like, just can't happen. Especially defensively, I thought that that group was not. They missed the Dario Frank changeup. I think um, Javale was actually pretty good. Uh, one of the few guys who was decent, at least. Um, yeah. Campaigns actually had one of the better plus minuses, and that makes me 
wondering he didn't have a good game one either but that makes me wondering like just the pace situation with him just seems cleaner sometimes than when they're gunking it up with Paul um, I'm not saying Chris Paul played badly but other than the shooting but it's a different pace and it's not a change of pace if like campaigns not out there or not playing well to uh, my point on shooting with confidence in those threes, nine assists each for Ingram and McCollum. So that is just a direct rotation pass yeah. to someone wide open, and that guy is shooting with belief, and I thought that really mattered in this game. Uh, Herb Jones, 14 points. Nance, 13. Eight for Alvarado, nine for Trey Murphy, nine for Jackson Hayes. Jonas was whatever in this game again. He had 10 points. He was 4 of 9 from the field. He had 13 rebounds, sure, but he had 4 turnovers, too. He wasn't really all that locked in, but they didn't really need him, and it was crazy. In a game that DeAndre didn't play that well in, it wasn't like Jonas vastly outplayed him. Again, in terms of surprise, I would have guessed if they were going to lose one game, it's going to be some mix of insane shot making and then Balanchunas is just dominating the interior. Not even the way they did in game 1, but the way that he did in game 2 as well. Anything else from the game that you want to hit on? We were I think we were rightfully a whole lot of negative in there. Book was awesome. I don't know how much we should touch on it, but, I mean, his shot-making was great. But, I mean, there just weren't many pot. They shot 50% and had 26 assists, but it did not feel like a good offensive performance for them no. at all. I, I, so I just, again, I'm just really... As bad as the defense was, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really surprised, especially... Like, okay, you you come out slow, you come out out of, in a funk, whatever, right? They've they've shown an ability to it, even in like the fourth quarter, in certain areas to find that focus, and I think it kind of did come for them offensively once the clock got under five minutes. The stat that I found for my story: CJ McCollum hit a three with six nineteen left. I think that was like a off the dribble, like someone went under a screen again, like or over a screen, and just gave him way too much space, and he hit the three. That was the first of eight straight made shots for them until there was about seventy five seconds left in the game. Yeah, and then the game's over there. They're up seven still, and then the defining play of the game. They pretty much locked it up, like mathematically. Like the Suns, the Pelicans would have really had to melt down to lose the game at this point. Chris misses a three. The guy guarding him, Herb Jones, leaks out, and then he gets free throws. And he he only made one of them, but that was – the leak outs were just – it was really surprising to see. I didn't know how to ask Monty the question, and I'm glad he phrased it this way. He's like, it's just basketball one-on-one. If you're not involved in the action and we know they're leaking out, go run back on defense. Yeah. And it's – they just didn't. And it was it – was, I keep going back to surprising. I guess we should. I don't even know how to spend more time on Booker, who was, again, really good, gets hurt. I don't want to speculate on stuff, but it's not good. And I think my takeaway that I'll say is it's weird. Like, Mikel had 19, I think, but he didn't really feel like. 7 of 11 for 19. Yeah. It wasn't like they're running actions for him. No. And. DA only had six shots and that I, I think the Pelicans really did do a good job of like just making sure what he got in the first game wasn't there but I don't know right now I wouldn't say I'm confident the Suns will oh yeah just go go to Mikel like if Book's not there or go to like Chris Paul I don't how, how does it how it looks in the playoffs is different is what you're saying yeah which I agree um Let's assume 
fully without knowing anything. Let's just assume this is a lingering hamstring issue and it's going to take him at least a game or two to come back. Obviously, Cam Johnson starts. Obviously, Cam Johnson was amazing as a starter in the regular season. I think he's been okay in these two games. Hasn't really been that great. He's been okay. Um, the usual like energy plays we've seen from him everywhere. There was that huge offensive rebound he got in the end of the third, start of the fourth quarter in game one. Somewhere in that mix of are the Pelicans coming back right now and then he grabbed a huge offensive rebound. He hasn't had enough of those plays. He had a steal and a, and a breakaway dunk tonight, but there's there haven't been enough of them consistently to the point we expected from him from what he did last year. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, Shaman's probably in the rotation. I thought that he played well tonight that in might the minutes be good that he did. Just to get him some run. And- I think you were, you were the one tweeting something along the lines like, oh, this is actually a good idea probably to put Shaman in here and extend the rotation just to see what happens. And then you immediately said oh but it did not come up the right way i didn't way. see that book walked off and i, I tweeted oh sham it's here i didn't see him walk off either and i just thought monty was mixing it up with both guys off the floor and i actually didn't mind it everyone was like i'll bench you know what's going on here and i was like what's oh, going yeah, on yeah. here is that they're playing terrible basketball yeah. and something needs to change yeah. so he's putting five reserves out there to see what happens i didn't i didn't disagree no, with that yeah, from monty yeah. at all to your point on out coaching i just think willie's been better than monty's been bad if that makes sense and and monty as as the top seed you're not like wanting to change stuff you're wanting to no. get better and get back in a rhythm so I, I get it but yeah it's just it's been really good on willie's part i guess is I'll, I'll say it that way too okay so without knowing anything uh they're 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 going to travel to new orleans on wednesday they are going to practice on thursday uh, I'm going to be in the air during that practice, and then I'm going to be in the air probably when injury report drops, so I'm going to miss the news drops and all that stuff. I assume that's when the Booker updates will come. Maybe Woj will someone will have it on Wednesday or Gambo. I don't know. Um, just going off of what we know right now, do you still feel 100% confident that the Suns are going to win this series, or are you opening up to the possibility that there's like that 5 to 10% that has lingered, or do you want to go even higher than that? Where are you at? There's a 5% chance they lose. I'm still at zero. <laughs> I can't get there. The team I watched all year, I can't get there. I really cannot. There have been concerning signs in two games. It's only two games, though. Yeah, That's the, all I'll say. to your you brought up the Nuggets series. There was just nothing there. Yeah, no, like no, the no. Nuggets were so no, bad in that no. series. The Clippers, it was like, oh man, they're gonna need some stuff here to get this done. So it's like a much much lesser version. Yeah, of that. But can you, from a confidence standpoint, I, again? I don't know how else to describe it. Like, Willie Green just materialized it out of nowhere because they did not play well in game one. They looked spooked for the most part, like all rookies would in this situation. Hostile road environment, and then he just got them to be confident in game two. At halftime, though, like... Yeah. So you can imagine for game three and going on how much more confident those guys are going to be, and now they're going to be in front of their own crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is where I can buy into some... we can look at the way Herb Jones and Alvarado and Murphy and Hayes tonight and all those younger guys. Ingram I will actually include in this because this is his first playoff series. Everyone in their first playoff series, I would say there's some level of just no way they can replicate this. I don't know, man. With the way everything's unfolding, with the way it happened in game two, and then they get to go into their own home crowd. Um, I'm still at zero, though, because I just think if they play their ball, especially defensively, they're going to be fine. While I did say a lot of this is sustainable, Look, you can lose a series. It's not entirely impossible that they shoot 40% or above from three. They're with, like, basketball is basketball at the end of the day. But 
if the Pelicans were a better three-point shooting team in the regular season, that would give me a little bit more confidence for them. But I just think they were so bad shooting the ball. And when you look at all their – I think if I look at, if I look at it right now, so oh, CJ though, yeah, Herb was two of three, Nance was one of three, Valanciunas zero for two, Hayes zero for one, Alvarado two for two, Murphy three for five, Graham zero for one, Ingram was three of three from three, and then McCollum was six of ten. Um, I I don't think there's enough sustainability there in terms of the shots they were hitting. But, man, CJ has had, like... Don't leave CJ open for 10. That's not good. So CJ was 9 of 26 in Game 1, if I'm correct. Something like 9 of 26. So he is now 16 of 44 in this series, and they got a game still. Um, He could definitely explode in Games 3 or 4 like Ingram did tonight, and that was always the danger of this series was that, yeah, like Ingram can drop 37 and you can lose a game if you're not there. But... This was an extremely winnable game in a, in a myriad of ways still, even with everything yeah. that worked for New Orleans. And again, though Chris Paul described it best. He said he felt like for some of them they were hoping they missed instead of making them miss. And then Cam Johnson backed up that we didn't make them feel us enough. For Ingram, too, he even said, yeah, he hit some tough shots, but we didn't make him feel us enough still. That's when he's running around those screens, like a little elbow out here, a little shove there, like the physical playoff basketball Put stuff. Put a hand we did. up for Alvarado, who I, he walked by me today, so he is actually taller than I thought. Congrats to him. I'm still ignoring Jacob entirely. <laughs> I just believe there's some conspiracy afoot. I don't believe that he's six feet. I don't get it. I'm not there. All right, buddy. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week covering the team here. I'm going to go to New Orleans and very much enjoy a city I've never been to. I'm going to do the beignet thing. I'm going to try and find some gumbo somewhere maybe. I've never – I don't think I've ever had gumbo in my life before. Send Kellen good gumbo, not tourist crap gumbo. Yeah, if you're still listening at this point and you have New Orleans recommendations, our our buddy Michael Lisboa already DM'd me one that I'll put down, but I'm staying like in the French Quarter, so I'm right in the middle of everything. Living that is big. uh living large that is there it's funny Dwayne and I were talking about it because he's been there a million times and I was like am I good like it's like a 20 minute walk home am I like good to walk home from the arena he's like oh everyone's up so don't worry like, <laughs> Someone like, will see you. Like, like everyone is on the street still at that time like you're not gonna be walking down isolated streets or something worrying or anything so I'll be good uh, but all right, everyone, thank you for listening. Next time we will be doing the Zoom editions, of course, me from a hotel room, Kevin from his living room, maybe. We'll, we'll see where My you're office. at. Your office, the office. Yeah. You've got your own little setup there going. So it works. I always feel compelled during these episodes to tell all the Suns fans that are still listening to like be calm and feel OK. Oh, but, yeah. Um, Probably won't matter. It won't help, and then especially with the way that we were talking about the games, like I'd be lying to them in a certain way, you know, because there were reasons to worry tonight for sure. So on that reassuring note, we'll you talk said to you. They still win the series. Yeah, it's fun. You want me to? You want me to go go there right now? They're not going to lose the game. They're going to win three straight and end this. Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in that either. They're going to smack them in game three. That's why I said five again. Yeah. I just, I saw the best basketball team in the world by a large, large margin, and I would just be shocked if that team just faded because that was not that team tonight at all. No. We hope you guys are that team in your life. I don't know. I tried there. It didn't work. Hopefully, you show up to your voluntary workouts to today. <laughs> what a great day of Arizona sports. All right, everyone. See you later.